Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. Hello everybody and welcome along to our now traditional wander up pit lane. It's the Little Money Bathurst 12 hours. John Hangoff here. However, the real expert is standing just off to my right and that would be Richard Creel. Uh, how good's your year been, Creelsy? How good's my year been? Mm. Good. Well, the first 28 or 9 days of it have been pretty good so far. Busy, flat out. This event just continues to build and build momentum. And um, this year in particular for a whole different number of reasons the field has built very late for this race we knew who the cars were but we didn't know who was going to drive them um it's turned out that who's driving them are pretty bloody exceptional so it's worth waiting yeah 100 percent. yeah it's an awesome field so and we'll we'll wander along and tell you about some of them now and um the depth of competition in this race is as good as it's ever been if not the best and i'm angling towards the best i'm, I'm gonna find that very hard to disagree with you right let's get a couple of things out the way if you're coming to this late uh, there are uh, GT3 cars that makes up the bulk of the field and they are legion there are some GT4 cars from my point of view I'd like to see a few more of them and then there's an invitational class and we're looking at pitting at one of the invitational class the invitational class is, is pretty much it might as well be the Mark Cars class well it is there's four of them the, the Mark II cars styled after the Ford Mustang but they're a, an awesome thing and, and quite a bit of change in this department in the last few weeks because Mark Cars Australia, the entity that builds these cars, has actually been sold mm-hmm. to one of their competitors. Jeff Taunton has purchased the business. So what were the factory cars on the entry list are now the Scandia Racing by Racer Industries team that Ryan McLeod, who is the man behind the concept, um, is running. Two-car entry, 91, 92, really good combinations. Mm-hmm. And then what was a privately entered car, the Jeff Taunton car, is now the factory Mark car. Well, I'm pickled this over the weekend. Regardless, there's four very good cars in a four-car class, so they're going to be good fun to watch. Super drivers amongst the layout. But now, away from this, is the future of Mark Cars assured? Because as yeah. you said, it's been taken over by a competitor. We, you know, there will be people running around with a hair on face saying, "Ah, they've only bought it to shut it down." How many times have we? No, heard no, that? they've been taken over by one of their car owners. Ah. So by a competitor, I mean someone who actually races a Mark car. So what better person to buy your business than someone who knows your business because they're a customer? I should have said customer rather. No, than No, no, that's a all right. And but that's what people will read and that's mm. what people will hear. So mm. there we go. So those four will be battling it out. Uh, we wish Ryan all the best. He's done a. A fantastic job on, on these yeah. cars down over the years. Yeah, he has, and, and a big supporter of this race. They debuted here in 2014, mm. and I think they've won their class every year since then, and there were some years where they had competition amongst other brands as well. So four Mark cars here, some star drivers amongst them, Nick Percat, one of them, former Bathurst 1000 winner and a proper, proper talent. So really excited to see that. Now, we won't have time to go through every car and every entry here, but it's suffice to say that within the GT3 class, the top class, Um, We have a record number of cars and a record number of manufacturers here this year. Yeah, 11 GT3 brands, 12 in total for the race. The best we've had was 10. So we're really excited when that 11th brand popped over the line. And actually the last one to commit was the Hub Auto Ferrari. And we're standing outside of the uh, Asian team now that that haven't 
I've already raced in Australia once this year. They were at the Asian Le Mans event at the Bend a couple of weeks ago with a different car. They're here for proper long-distance racing now in 12-hour spec. Um, really impressive driving lineup in this car as well. Aussie Tim Slade joined by a couple of Brazilians who are very experienced in their field. So this is a bit of a wild card for mine, but they should be uh, very, very nice. And the car, um, I believe, has been wrapped locally, actually, by Shane Sines, local Bathurst business, who wraps about 90% of the field, I think. I love the colour on this. It's a proper Ferrari racing Great. Daniel Serra in this car has come straight from Daytona, one of 22 drivers. So I just got told by Shay Adam it's now 25. Is it? Because the two drivers added to the GT4 Merc, yes. uh, Dirk Muller and Harrison Neary, were, were both at Daytona. So absolutely right. we've added a couple more. All right. And in fairness, out of those 24-25, um, they did pretty well. 11 got new watches from the Rolex, which is pretty impressive, isn't it? And that shows the depth of the field from an international driver standpoint that's come here that, that that many pro drivers that are applying their trade in long distance racing and to do both races the uh, doors have just come down because the guys are finishing up here at the uh, 8 and 7 and the R8 and 7 that way around for the two Bentleys I just before we started this had a quick word uh, with Matty Wilson Matthew Wilson who's uh, part of the management team here Alex Bun- Bunkham Ollie Jarvis and Seb Morris in the 8 and uh, Jules Guineau Maxim Sule and South African Jordan Pepper. And then we had Seb and Jordan on the Midweek Motorsports Show a couple of weeks ago when they were announced for this. Ollie Jarvis, well, what a week he yeah. had over in Daytona. And Alex Bunkham, who we used to think of as a bit of a sneaky secret weapon. Well, everybody knows how fast he is now. Came here with Nissan for the first time and missed out on the Nissan win. He was sort of an architect of that program in a way. One of their foundation GT Academy drivers missed out on the win in 15 because his wife was having a baby at the time so he had other commitments pulled out at the he last minute backwards from and nine florian strauss got parachuted in and won himself bathurst hey it's got to be bentley that you never do in this race but they have been agonizingly close for five years now they have to feel like and this place owes no one nothing at all but they have to feel like they're pretty close to a big result at mount panorama a few strategy calls away from nailing the 12-hour bentley Now, we're standing in front of a local favourite. It will become a national favourite purely because of its colour scheme. This is the number six wall racing uh, Lamborghini Huracan uh, GT3. It's in in that old BASF style Mm. colourway that I remember, like the Emka McLaren going to um, Le Mans a few years ago. Jules Westwood, I've known for a very long time, um, keeps telling me he's retired, but he keeps coming out of retirement Mm. and doing the odd one or two races. Cam McConville, well, he's a name that's known around here. Uh, Antonio Dalberto, he's been here a few times. And Adrian Dietz. And Antonio, I've never seen him known as Antonio Dalberto. Tony Dalberto. Antonio, um, love. Yes, he's a Penske driver in their Enduro lineup in supercars, so that's how highly they rate him. Um, these guys had a really, really solid weekend last year, if you remember rightly. So they've oh, got, was quick. They've got the band back together, which is very cool. Um, the car's been updated to 2019 spec. Evo. Evo yeah. specifications. You can tell by the massive flutes on the inlet there on the uh, the um, front bonnet of these amazing little Lamborghinis and speaking of those um, it's nice to see a factory one here isn't it, Triple F have come with a, as good a works car as you're going to see from Lamborghini the first time they've had a, 
what you'd quite a works presence at this event, which mm. is terrific. They've been private runners before. And one of the Rolex winners, Andrea mm. Calderali, in, in the theory, he was with Paul Miller Racing last weekend, along with Martin Mapelli and Dennis Lind. Well, I saw Dennis Lind pedalling one of these cars at the Barcelona 24 hours last year for Barwell Motorsport and uh, Mark Lemmer's team. And Dennis impressed me mightily in that this is a formidable team. This is the 63 car. And with the fullest of respect to people that have run Huracans here before, we've never seen the full capabilities of them because they've been pro-am or am cars. So the best result for a Lambo in this event was a Gallardo GT3, the Roger Ligo car, a couple really? of years back. Yeah, yeah. So the Hurricanes never performed to its maximum at this event. That's the best opportunity for it to do so. Marco Mapelli, the third driver there, who's been here before in an Audi a couple of years ago, actually called him in Formula 3 Australia in 2007, and he was absolutely mad then, and he still is, but mad fast. He's good fun. Does that make you feel good or bad? I can never tell about stuff like that. Well, absolutely right. Nissan are back. GTR. There's always something exciting about seeing uh, the GTR. Godzilla's up on the mountain. This is going to be another fan favourite here. This is another A-class car, the 96 car. Yeah, uh, the Brett Hobson entry uh, looked after by Garth Walden Racing and Garth actually a late entry to the driver's seat of this. So Kurt Kostecki driving, Jake Kostecki, his brother, was due to run but has popped out for some business reasons um, and Garth Walden will jump in which um, it's not a gain, it's not a loss either. Garth's an absolute pro. Right, now if you're going to have a, an AMG team that you look at immediately and say um, they're taking it seriously. The words black and falcon yeah. come to mind straight away. This is one of the new versions of the AMG GT3. You can tell that by the different headlights and the wider grille. How we'll be able to spot that when it's going like the clappers, I'm not entirely certain. These cars, there was a couple of them at Dubai, had varying, um, varying uh, performance levels and, and look to be fair, um, but what you do know is that this, as I say, this Kraft Bamboo Enter car is going to be tremendously, uh, tremendously uh, competitive. We should talk to we should talk to this guy. He's just wandered over to say hello. It's Maro Engel, brilliantly on pole here in what, 2013, I reckon it was Maro some time ago. Uh, 14, it was 14 because yeah. he won the uh, first Alan Simonson pole award with Erebus. Um, man, you've got some memories at this joint, highs and lows, I know, but. <laughs> Tell us a bit about this program this year with Black Falcon and Craft Bamboo. It looks like a good one. Oh, first of all, it's always amazing to come here and, and just as you said, yeah, highs and lows. Um, I think someone said, uh, you know, to win on the Nürburgring, you don't win on the Nürburgring, it chooses you. Yeah. I think this, this can be said about this place as well. <laughs> I think that's absolutely true. How different is the, the new car? We saw a couple of them out in Dubai. You can get the full run there, of course, because of the, the weather. But from everything I've seen and heard from people who are behind the wheel, it's a significantly different motor car. Uh, yeah, it's definitely. I mean, we we had a really really good base um, that that has to be said, and, and a successful one. And um, so we looked at things carefully, which can be improved. And and um, I think that's what's been done here. Obviously, the first thing that sort of comes to vision is that grill, uh, the grill. Uh, it's. Uh, I'm quite scared to walk past it in case it sucks me into it. Careful, it might snap. Um, yeah, no. So obviously, cooling's uh, is is improved. Um, not just uh, not just engine and, and oil, but also uh, brake cooling. Um, the accessibility for the mechanics in terms of uh, making modifications on the splitter is, is better. The headlights um, are a significant step, mm. um, which will be important for dark running, start start to the race yeah. here or 24-hour races. 
um, driver cooling has been improved. Uh, obviously, the aero is a little bit refined. So there's many small things. ABS has been refined. Traction control has mm-hmm. been refined. Um, uh, yeah, so many, many small things that have just been, been updated, uh, improved, and, and hopefully will, which will make a big difference. Mara, anyone who thinks that a, a GT3, or even in some like cases a GT4 but certainly a GT3 car it's not just bolting a cage in a street car is it? <laughs> no it's definitely not I mean the great thing is these cars originate from, from their, their road cars but they are pure racing cars and it's, it's great to see how the category has developed how, how pit lane has developed it's, it's, it's amazing to see and, and credit to I guess Stefan Rattel and SRO to, for founding this category, but you know it's it's taken such uh, such great lengths everywhere, and um, yeah, it's great to see these cars and, and to drive them is is a pure pleasure. Can you believe how competitive this field is this year? The depth of talent across twenty plus cars is extraordinary, isn't it? Yeah, we just talked about 2014, which was competitive at the time. But yeah. if you look back and, and look at what the grid is this year, it's it's amazing. And it's kind of every year you you, are, you say this is the strongest grid, and you can't imagine how it can get any stronger. And and uh, what we've got this year, yeah, it, it ends up getting more competitive and 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 deeper every year. But it's uh, yeah, it's definitely probably the strongest grid I've seen here and um, it'll be again hugely uh, competitive and tough to win this race quick word about Black Falcon Craft Bamboo uh, racing you don't put the words Black Falcon on a Mercedes if, if you're not serious Craft Bamboo have got a great history as well I'm already looking in the early part of the week at how good the garage looks this is a serious effort eh Mara? Well, I think we're, we're definitely uh, trying not to leave anything on the table um it's a motor race it's a crazy race around here and you, you have no guarantees but the one thing you can try and do is prepare as good as possible and put everything you have together and that's what's what's being done here i mean two powerhouse teams joining forces um for us as, as drivers that's that's perfect and i mean um got lots of lots of uh strength uh, in depth in in the engineering of both teams and uh yeah let's uh, let's see how the weekend goes it's going to be hot You've got three drivers, you, Luca, and Yelma. Luca Stolten, like Yelma Berman. You're going to have to get your rest period sorted out if it's as hot as it was last year. Well, Luca's young and fit, so... <laughs> so he's getting all the work to do. That's in the middle of the day when it's hottest. I like it. Hey, go well. Be safe. Yeah, thanks, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Brilliant stuff. Mario Engel coming out to see. See you in a minute. He's, um, so, <laughs> here's the life of a professional race car driver. Mauro was just off to do some sewing to put the new Intercontinental GT Challenge patch on his race seat. A multi-tasking guy. Hey, Craft Bamboo, I just realised, they've been on the podium here twice with yeah, two different yeah, brands, yeah. Aston Martin and Porsche, in a couple of different years. So um, they're a real good shot. The classic this year, of the, GT, uh, the GT3 cars, is just extraordinary. Next door, another Black Falcon run car, Patrick Asmeyer, Sergei Afanasiev and uh, Michele Beretta. I'm just going to leave that one to you. Yeah, all right. All right, if that's all right. That was that. That's going to be known as the 46 car. Yeah. All right, here's another local favourite. Got our mate Grant Denyer in here. Any time <laughs> that Grant is in a car, uh, you know there's going to be some fun uh, going on here. And add to that, Dane Canto as well, who, who also has a huge amount of experience uh, in Australian motorsport and here. It's a good little lineup this one as well. Marcel Zalua comes into it. He's raced one mate Porsches for the last couple of years. And Liam Talbot was parachuted into this car in a pretty last-minute deal to jump on board, only announced this week. It's a good signing. He, here's a link with us and this car this weekend. So Liam, at the October Bathurst 1000, was engaged, and it happened on national television. And Chad Nalon and I 
had the good fortune to actually commentate an engagement. Fantastic. And, and he's gone down on one knee. He has, absolutely. <laughs> it was after he won his class in a Carrera Cup race. And um, his fiance will be joining us in pit lane on the broadcast, Charlie Robinson, this weekend. So there's a nice little link. And yep, you won't miss this yellow and black. This is sort of a bumblebee coloured uh, Lamborghini. Yeah, Trofeo Motorsport Melbourne-based team. They put on a really professional organisation. And that's a good little, uh, good little squad this weekend in silver. About uh, moving up the pit lane now. Let's uh, move up a bit further. Now, we've got to stop here. We have to stop here because the two KCMG Nissans... You have to stop at every car. I know, I know. But the two KCMG Nissans in the blue, white and black, but the names in both of these cars... First of all, we've got Chiyo San with Josh Burden and Sugo Matsuga. Then we've got Juan Paulo Lima de Oliveira with Eduardo Liberti and uh, Liberati, excuse me, and Alex Imperatori. I mean, first of all, these will be fan favourites again because yeah. of the Nissans, but also because of Chiyo-san. Chiyo's got to go past to this place. He can come back whenever he wants at any time and have access to the whole venue for what he did here in 15, both for himself and for um, and for Nissan in that remarkable weekend. Um, Imperatori was very good last year, remember? He kept that car in contention right to the very end. They got a penalty right at the end, didn't they? And it dropped them off the back of that lead lap. But they were in contention right to the very end. So if, if you get like the right PSG. if you if you get the right Alex Imperatori that turns up, then he he's the equal of anybody yeah. on his day, no doubt about. Right, triple seven. This one's close to your heart because it's close to your home. Oh, yeah, literally South Australians, yeah, yeah. So this is part of a two-car squad from Triple Eight Race Engineering, two Mercs. This is the previous-gen car, so they haven't gone to the 2020 Aero that's been homologated for this year's. No, and if you're watching, when you watch at the weekend, look for the normal-looking twin headlights and, that's, and the smaller grille. Not quite so venomous grille that the other one's got. So brothers, Sam and Yasser, she here, Nick Foster and Anton Di Pasquale. That car could be on pole. Yeah. So between Foster and Anton, they have every chance of qualifying that car really well. And then alongside, I mean, this has to be a, an early race favourite, Maxi Book. Do you think? No, oh, yeah. Maxi Book, Shane Van Gisbergen and Jamie Winkup. I mean, what a superstar powerhouse combo. Most successful team in Australian motorsport in the last two decades in Triple Eight Race Engineering. The best thing for them is that they've now got a full year's worth of running with this car under their belts. I remember last year was pretty hard weekend for them with the three supercars drivers. They battled braking issues all weekend long. Somehow hold the thing to fourth place, just missed on a podium in a drag race to the line. They've been racing a car in GT Asia for the last 12 months. So they've got a full season under their belt. They come into this race, I think, in a much better place than they were last year. And with the Evo 2020 current spec AMG GT3, this is a cracking squad. Running in the uh, green and yellow of the man filter colours, which we see that colourway quite a lot in the, uh, the Nürburgring. Uh, here's another colour scheme that I know very well. It's always the number 75, Sun Energy Racing. We've had them in IMSA. This is another previous-gen Merc. Uh, we'll not miss this one either, as usual. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty bright. Kenny Abul, of course, he's the man behind uh, Sun Energy. And he's got Dominic Bauman. Who knows how to pedal around? David Reynolds, uh, see above comment. And Martin Conrad. Now, Martin's probably the one that people will know least about. Yeah, I would think so. But this is one of those cars. And I mentioned about the 777, the Ben Motorsport car, park car that could be on pole. And I say that because it might be pro-am car, but when you put a gun driver in it, it's pro-am in name only. So if you're on yes, the there's lead, no difference in the no, car. No, that's, no, exactly that's, right. that's the key it's point. purely driver rating. So if you're a pro-am car and you stay on the lead lap, 
you're in the mix. You're good to go. And if you've got a hot shoe with some time in the bank at the end... And David Reynolds is in that car. And he does freakishly crazy things in any form of racing car. doesn't matter what it is. Right, Valkenhorst Motorsport with the BMW number 34. Now, this is not the BMW they were expecting to be campaigning here because that is still sort of on its way back from Kyalami, which was November yeah. last year, and at great expense, uh, a whole bunch of spares and a new car has been flown in six figures minimum is what I've been hearing about how much it's taken to get here. But when you've got a driver lineup that is Augusto Farfus, a BMW factory driver, Nicky Katzberg, BMW, BMW factory, factory driver, yeah. and Chaz Mostert, who, by the way, was absolutely astonishingly good... Sorry, he wasn't astonishingly good. He was just good. I wasn't astonished at all because he is a fine driver at Daytona last weekend. You've got to make the effort and the BMW customer racing outfit of Valken Horse Motorsport mm. have done that. It's a singleton entry, but it's here. It is, and great to see BMW represented. The M6 has always been properly fast. Last year was the first year where they nailed the race. And remember, Chaz at the end was one of those four cars passed by Matt Campbell in the Porsche push at the end. So, But that mean it was in the mix. So if they can replicate that, they're going to be in the game. And, and that's fantastic to see. And that's what we talk about with this race. There are legitimately 20 cars that, on paper at the very least, have a shot at winning this thing. Uh, this is Garage 59. Uh, they've got an Aston Martin here. That is one of the... It's one of the new cars, isn't it? That's Say again. They, they've got There's the this loud is, generator running here. Yeah, here. Uh, this is for Maxime Martin, yeah. Com Ledegar, Chris Goodwin, um, and Chris has been poached recent, relatively recently, by Aston from his role as development driver for another British manufacturer, McLaren. He's now doing that job uh, on all of the hypercars and supercars, and Alex West in this one as well. Yeah. So this car, it's the one eighty eight, the one eighty eight, has committed to a full season of IGTC. Uh, is my understanding. Great to have Garage 59 here. We've never had them at Mount Panorama, which is cool in this form anyway. Um, we've had Alex West here before. We've had Chris Goodwin. I'm excited to see him. The pro side of um, their garage, Andrew Watson, Oliver Hart, and Roman DeAngelis, who was very good last weekend as well, wasn't he? Well, this is this is like a couple of young charges. Andrew mm. Watson drafted in at the last moment uh, for Aston Martin because Paul Delalana. Uh, hurt his leg when he was skiing and rather than withdraw the car Andrew who is an Aston Martin young driver effectively mm. Roman De Angelis has made his name in Porsche racing in the States and in Canada where he yeah. won both versions of IMSA's Porsche GT3 Cup Challenge USA and uh, Canada and he to be honest he pretty much dominated uh, Oliver Hart what do you know about him? Very little at this point in time. I've got notes somewhere, so by Friday... Right, good, we'll be good excellent. That's all good. Right, Audi. Audi always have been a big wow. supporter of the Luke Molly uh, Bathurst 12 hours. And um, they're not messing about this year. No, they're not. And they've, they've upped the ante, this squad. Um, we're talking about Audi Sport Customer Racing Australia. And in particular, they're three pro-class cars. So in the past, they're just doing some pit stop practice on the Hallmark entry, which is one of their silver-class Car Mark Sini, Dean Fiore, Lee Holdsworth. Um, they're running a car for Tony Bates as well, Boss Stick number 24 with Bates. Uh, reigning Aussie GT champ Jeff Emery, Max Twig, and very impressive young gun Dylan O'Keefe, who 
is a proper talent. But it's the three Valvoline cars we'll be watching. They are all three of them very strong. Have you worked out how to tell them apart yet? Uh, yeah, they're actually liveried slightly differently, each one of yeah, them. Yeah, no, but, but we've got to remember that, Chris. Well, two, triple two, and uh, double two. Does that make sense? Um, but what they've done is they've got Garth oh, Tander, who's awesome. And then they've, they've just got eight factory Audi drivers. Simple as that, really. That's your, that's your combination. Triple two, Kelvin von der Linde, uh, Matteo Drudy, Marcus Winkelhock. All right, that's white and blue on the front. All right, the 22 is Garth Tander, Chris Meese, and Mirko Bortolotti. Okay, and that's sort of slightly different on the front. And then the one with more orange on it is the two. Okay, that kind of makes sense. Chris is peering inside to see if he can see any of the drivers. Or Chris Hasser in that car. So all th- they've split the experience across all three cars. And Fred Favish is the third Fred driver, Favish, and then yeah, the number two. So they've got they've got drivers that have been here and succeeded here before in all three of their cars, even if some of them haven't been to Mount Panorama before. But Dries Van won this race in 2018 with WRT. So. They've got pride. That's an extraordinary squad, those three cars. And it's a huge commitment from Audi and from Troy Russell's locally run team to run those three pro cars and to just throw all their eggs in three baskets to try and win this thing. Audi Customer Sport here in Australia have, in some ways, been the gold standard Mm. in terms of how they support their teams. Turning up with the trucks, they were the first people to come with a spares truck and then two spares trucks and then five spares trucks or whatever it was last year. They they take this race extremely seriously. And and I just wonder, what what are your thoughts then about about these multiple entries like that? Is there inherently an advantage to running more cars and and having the big support like they have? I I suppose it gives you an opportunity to split the strategy, doesn't it? That's a very good point. Rather than committing one way, you can go... You can go three different ways with the knowledge that all three cars have the driving ability and the performance to do the job and to potentially win the race. Next in the queue, two brand new McLarens. Uh, first time we've seen the 720 GT3 here at Mount Panorama. It's now, nice, this, isn't it? It is. It's a, it's a fighter jet. It's not a race car. Now, this will cause a little bit of confusion this weekend because the team we're looking at here is 59 Racing. We've just come past Garage 59. Yes. Now, the 59 is significant because Aston's win at Le Mans in 59 is the yes. Aston team. This is the 59, that the McLaren that won the Le Mans in 95, yep. sported. So that's why this is 59 racing. Same, similar sort of tribute harking back to one motor race, which is cool. But cool two-car outfit here that's been put together. Two pretty that competitive cars. That was the Clinic car that... Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so Dom Story, Fraser Ross and... Uh, Martin Kodrick in one, that's a uh, silver car. And then they've got their pro car with 16 winner Alvaro Parenti. Cool to see him back here. Ben Barnacote, who was at the Bend a couple of weeks ago in an LP3 car and was really impressive. Uh, and Tom Blomquist, who's just super, super fast. And he is a Blomquist. Yes. And yeah. I remember seeing him in, I want to say Formula BMW yep. in the UK. I think that's where he cut his circuit racing teeth. Now, here's something that you've been trying to get here and the organiser have been trying to get here for not necessarily just this car, but this manufacturer. Then uh, this is a Honda, and I'll have to remember it is Honda here, yep. NSX for none other than Dan Cameron, Renga von der Zander and Mario Farmbacher. Fabulous to have the NSX here. It nearly came to pass last year with a different team, but this NSX GT3, I think this is going to be another one. How's this car? This car hasn't raced in Australia Never. before, has it? First time it's been seen. Fans are going to go have mad. Have they through. raced south of the equator before? Was Ooh, there one at Kyle Arnold? I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know. So, um, yeah, hugely excited to see this here. A lot of 
Honda fans. And there is a Honda NSX Link to the 12 hour back in the day as well, in the production car era, the original NSX race here. So we're really excited. It's a great unknown. We have no idea how fast that car will go at Mount Panorama. It'll be quick, but how quick? Will it suit this place? Don't know. Drivers, no problems. They're guns. Jass is a great team, so they'll be very, very competitive. Well, and, and just to the people who were behind JS, the people who ultimately did all the early uh, design and development on that, we have a uh, Aston Martin St. Gallen entered uh, Aston Martin here as well for Luca Giotto, Marvin Kerkhofer and Ollie Coldwell. This is in their usual sort of Creon grey, if it was a Porsche colour, uh, with the uh, blue markings on it of R Motorsport now R Motorsport been going through a bit of problems with a DTM they pulled out a DTM uh, with the license, the ship licensed by Aston Martin but it hasn't affected them coming here. No and weren't they great last year almost won the thing, almost qualified on pole, they were for a little while, lost that but that's another story so Pro-Am car, they'll be good but the Pro car's the one that's been stealing all of the attention and the, the first massive announcement we had for the race this year, Castrol and BP backing. Um, Bathurst legend Rick Kelly is one of the drivers. Um, Scott Dixon, who he's done a bit of stuff here or there, I think, fairly capable, uh, will be behind the wheel as well. And Jake Dennis, who was brilliant last year. And no one in Australia had heard of Jake Dennis before the 12-hour last year. And everyone left going, gee, that Jake Dennis bloke's pretty good, isn't he? So that, this is a huge combo, huge, huge profile. Maybe a bit of pressure that comes with that, but drivers that can deal with it and a team with a track record here. Oh, I need, and I try to use my soccer skills there. I spent some time with Jake Dennis at the airport on the way home and had a, a really good, uh, a really good chat with uh, him and his teammates before that. Dare we have a word? Yeah, have a word if you like. Go on then. Have a chat, Rico. Oh, yeah. Good mate. Mr. How are you, Mr. Kelly, sir? As I've been told, I've got to tell you, Rick Kelly. Uh, how's it? Uh, How's it feeling to be part of the Aston Martin squad? Yeah, it's really special, actually. I had the chance to fly to, fly to Portugal um, and test the car. I got a few laps there, and it was uh, a grin for me to hear every time I f- finished a lap and was on my way in. It's such a, a pleasure to drive a, a car like that. Um, was that a Portland Bow? Because that, that actually, yeah. in terms of the up and down, that was actually a good place to test. Lots of blind brows and, and turns at that, uh, that place. Yeah, it was very challenging to learn the track. I mean, I obviously had to learn the car and the track as one there. Um, and like you say, you hit a crest and you're not sure if it's going to go left or right <laughs> on the other side. But it, it's such a pleasure to drive the car. Obviously, the supercar I'm used to has um, uh, no ABS, no traction control, all that. So it's, um, it makes it a little bit easier to have that. And then a little bit trickier, though, to get that last little bit out of the car because mm. you have to work out how to work around those, those systems. But um, yeah, and again, to be part of the R Motorsport group and have Castrol in the car. It is a, a special project we've been working on since last August, so it's it's pretty cool to come here and see it all come together. You've you've had prize at this race before, but you, you just touched on it there. You played quite a big role in pulling all this together, didn't you? Do you enjoy that side of getting these deals together and putting something not only for your backers on the supercar program, but for yourself as a race car driver to, to do something different as well? Yeah, I, I do enjoy that side of it. Um, I've got a lot of experience in the commercial side in supercars over the last, in particular, 11 years. So to have backing from Castrol and BP was a no-brainer for me. They're very supportive of my supercars program. But we've enjoyed it. I mean, you know, here this weekend we've got shirts done over in merchandise. We've got hats and worked with a team from our motorsport to have 
model cars already made of the Castro Aston. So all that stuff's pretty cool. I think we've done a really good job of that. Now we just got to get on the track and do a good job of, of you know, where it where it actually counts and deliver those results. So, you know, I think I'm pretty pretty um, modest about how we're going to go because I've got to learn the car at this circuit. I think my my opinion is it's actually easier to learn. Um, to drive a new track than it is to drive this car at the circuit that I know really well. I have to unlearn all that yes. stuff that I've done for the last 18 years. So, you know, that's a challenge. Scott's um, an unbelievable driver that has never turned a lap at this circuit as well. So, we've got a really good driver lineup, but, but we've got some we've got some work ahead of us to get get ourselves up to speed and get this car ready to go. Well, I wish you all the best. I'm gonna have a quick word with Jake Eve as well if I, I jump in. Good luck with Kelly. Thanks for talking to us. Jake Dennis, can we have a quick, quick word with you? Nice to see you again. Welcome back to the mountain. Thank you. It's glad to be back. Uh, sun's shining. I'm already hot. I know I haven't even driven yet. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's good to be back. Favourite country, favourite track. And, uh, yeah, we've got a pretty special car this, this year. Right. Same badge, different car, because this car wasn't eligible last year. This, uh, this version of the car wasn't eligible last year. What... You did all right in the old one. Let's let's be let's get that on the table straight away. So, where is this car going to be even better? Uh, it's completely different uh, philosophy. Obviously, last year it sounded great and it went like shit down the straight, didn't it? Let's be honest. It was so fast down the straight and round the corners we struggled a little bit, uh, especially to that damn Porsche. But um, yeah, this year's sort of different philosophy. Um, slower down the straight, uh, better around the corners. So a little bit more in line with everyone else, really. Um, so hopefully the overall sort of lap time will be quite similar. Um, we'll keep the tyres underneath because that's what you were struggling with at the end, wasn't it? Yeah, obviously we went for the double stint tyres at the end, but if you ever go up against someone uh, who's on a single stint tyres in a Porsche, you're always going to struggle. Uh, but yeah, um, lesson learned, though, eh? <laughs> yeah, lesson learned. To be fair, like the tyre deck for this year will still be a struggle. It's been our Achilles heel all year um, through our development stage this year, so we still need to try and get on top of it. Uh, but Bathurst doesn't tend to be that hard on tyres. Like you can double stint tyres, whereas normally all the European tracks, you just do one hour and then change them because they're done. So hopefully, um, yeah, it goes in our favour. The, the weather on Sunday doesn't look so good. It's obviously hot, but we predict thunderstorms. And I think around this track for us... Well, we've seen that before, Jake. Yeah, it's pretty very interesting when it rains here. Hey, with, last year was, I imagine, quite frustrating... Because you rode the roller coaster, didn't you? The shootout was amazing, and then you had that taken away and led the race until the final 15 minutes. But you put the knife in, Drizzy. Well, but, but there's context here. With the benefit of 12 months, do you look back on that going, just an incredible experience and what an amazingly successful weekend it really was? Yeah, I look back uh, at the weekend, and it was phenomenal, you know. Uh, the Super Bowl still gives me shivers now. I watch back the Super Bowl lap, and I watch back... The 12 hours, I just turn off with 11 hours and 51 minutes and to go. And win the race. Perfect. And then I win yeah. the race. Uh, but yeah, obviously, there's there's always that thought in your mind, like, oh, I should have closed the door more and just put them in the wall. But uh, <laughs> you never know. In that split second of a decision, obviously, it wasn't quite hard enough. And he made, That's he not made how you move. race. I'm going to say this now. Uh, I know you're saying that with a smile on your face. I don't want anybody to think that that's how you race, Jake, because that's not how you race. No, nah, it's not. But, you know, when you lose a lead with nine minutes to go it's pretty disheartening uh, but it was always going to be difficult to keep him behind for another five laps it would have been uh, and he was like yeah 1.5 seconds quicker than every guy on track at that point so it, it is what it is and yeah I, I learned I learned from it and then this year I just uh, 
no one has passed me in Forest Elbow this year. <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> He's gonna, you're going to be hanging, scraping the wing mirror down yeah. the wall. Final thought before we let you go. Um, in some ways, you are the experienced driver here. Yeah. And with Rick Kelly and Scott Dixon as your teammates, that sounds almost daft, but... <laughs> You know, Rick has just told us he's got to unlearn everything he knows from supercars and relearn it with his cars. Scott Dixon's not been here and not yeah. driven the car before. Yeah. Uh, certainly not here. I mean, is that is that something you relish, or is it just? Oh, he's got a smile on his face. He does. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm the top yeah. dog here, guys. Now listen, listen. So you're going to get the car set up the way you want it, eh? <laughs> yeah. You know, having these guys, we did a, we did a test at Portimao, and obviously they. There's stuff for them to learn uh, about how to drive a GT3 car, and there's stuff for me to learn off these guys, which have been so professional now for the past sort of 10, 15 years in their career, whereas mine sort of only just started. So there's things I can learn, there's things they can learn off me of just how to drive a GT3. It's quite a unique nature, uh, especially for Scott, who hasn't really driven, he's never driven ABS. So for him, it's a whole different world. Uh, and he, he'll need his laps uh, to get up to speed for sure, but hopefully by, yeah, come come the race he'll be he'll be fully there uh, I'm sure he will be he's five time IndyCar champion four time Daytona so uh, yeah uh, he's pretty good is what he's he, yeah, yeah. he's, he's <laughs> very very good uh, and obviously he's good mates with, well, his teammates with Felix Rosenquist who I rate incredibly highly uh, so and obviously he managed to beat Felix so yeah the, the, the lineup's incredible the car's incredible and um, yeah I just can't wait to get it started uh, go well and let's see it in Let's see him in Super Bowl again. Got a little bit of unfinished business. Yeah. business that hand in the race, mate. Yeah, Super Bowl in the yeah, last 10 minutes is where it's at. All right, mate. Have a good one. Jake Dennis talking to us here as we wander up the uh, pit lane. We're going to go past another triple number card, 999. Uh, and this is Felipe Crava, Maxi Burke, Rafael Marciello. Group M, who was so good here last year and finished second, ultimately qualified on pole after what happened to Jake. So they've, they've just come back as strong as they were last year and wasn't wasn't Raffaele so exci- explosive, I think is probably the way to describe it, but exciting to watch. He's one of those drivers that anytime he's behind the wheel, it's like Shane Van Gisbergen, you just feel the extra en- energy behind the wheel. The car's up and dancing around on its on its twinkle toes in a way. Phenomenal driver. I'm excited to see what those guys do. Right, now at the end of the pit lane, we're in Porsche Platz uh, because right at the as the pit lane starts to climb, we've got the Grove Motorsport number four car for Steve and, Stephen and Brenton Grove and Ben Barker. Uh, very good Porsche exponents all. Yeah. Well, I mean, and this is another one of those cars that we talked about earlier where you put your Ben Barker in at the end of the race and you're, you're no longer a pro-am car. You're a pro because it takes the, the driver categorisation out of the window and you've got a pro in an outright potential car with raw speed that should win the race. So that, that's a really good combination. And then we come to the 911 and the 912. Well, hang on, though. We've got, we've got three Porsches here which are all effectively got connections to the car that won last year. So Porsche, not content with winning it for the first time last year and how excited we're there with the outgoing version of the car, come back with three new versions and have decided to make sure that there's three chances of repeating. It's extraordinary. Exactly right. So Dirk Werner, who was part of that amazing winning combination last year, is in the 912 with Matteo Caroli and Thomas Proining good combo great I mean magic combo we should run this two car team run by Absolute Racing this year first time we've seen them at Mount Ingo, and Ingo puts a yeah. very very good Ingo Matter that is puts a very very good uh, team together I'll tell you the story about the name of the team sometime um, absolutely yeah it's good so that's the that's the nine 
12. So the 9-11, also remnants of, of last year's winning cup. So Matthew Jamine, great, fast, Patrick Pillay also, and Matt Campbell. Another defending winner. Fantastic. What a squad this is across two cars. And I love it when these teams come to Australia and embrace the race and localise their liveries. And the bouncing kangaroo is on the side of both of these cars. And um, that's great to see. Green for the 912. Bright yellow. You will not miss the 911. Fantastic stuff. And, of course, uh, on the podium last weekend. This makes sense to me because I know what Matt Campbell drove up here in. And he drove up in a... A Cayenne Coupe in lava orange. Oh, yes. It is the most orange big car you you've ever do a seen. You 3R in one of those, a race car in lava orange. Would be brilliant. Wouldn't so, that Matty pop? Campbell is not going to be a shrinking violet this weekend no. on or off the track. I mean, is he ever? No. And it was great at the roller. PS, factory Porsche driver now. He is a full, yeah. Yeah, yeah, full, full blooded pro. Should we try and grab him? Yeah, come on. Let's, let's grab the champ and we'll uh, just interrupt his conversation here. Young Matthew. Hello, brother. Good to see you again, mate. Um, defending winner of this place, you're back. We were just talking with John about the fact that you're in this car, Dirk's in that car, Alabama Motorsport next door, so there's plenty of potential defending winners in this race. Um, how are you feeling coming into this? Yeah, look, just excited to be back, I mean, especially after what we achieved last year. Um, now, this year, coming back in a brand-new car, all for, for myself, it's pretty exciting. You know, it's the first time I've come here, and I can say I'm a full-works factory driver for Porsche, so, uh, you know, really, uh, you know, cool for me. You know, it's exciting. It's my favourite track in the entire world, and yeah, it's one of my favourite events. And uh, it's the only one I get to do at home nowadays, so it's even more special. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was just saying that you're not going to be a shrinking violet when you're sitting in the race car with it this colour, but your Porsche courtesy car is a bit bright as well. Yeah, exactly. So uh, it certainly stands out in track, so people will know when we're coming. And I've uh, got a nice little car to drive around in as well from Porsche Sydney South, so that's a nice little bonus. But, you know, obviously we've got some perfect weather. It's going to be quite hot on the weekend, and, uh, you know, hopefully she's fast in a brand-new car. Where is the where is the new car improved over the old one, particularly as it equates to, to driving around the mountain? I mean, in every aspect, you know, obviously better aero, more power, better on braking. But uh, I would say the biggest thing and something that will really help us here is, uh, you know, how the car can keep its pace over a stint and really look after its tyres. And that's critical here, especially if you're going to double stint tyres. And that's really a big plus for this new car, which, uh, you know, is a big thing, as we saw last year in the last stint of the race. Now, you've just come off the Rolex 24, also driving a 911, which, in theory, looks pretty similar to those sitting outside. But, of course, the engine and the gearbox are the other way around in that car. So that's a very, very different driving uh, characteristic for the car? Have you got to completely forget that now? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a completely different car, um, not only from the, the previous generation RSR, but to the new one. You know, it looks much the same. Even to one of these cars, it looks a little bit similar, but really every single nut and bolt is completely different. So uh, now we've got to come back to this car, remember all the buttons, they're all on different sides, different colours, make sure that we're not making any mistakes now they're inside the car. But, uh, you want to see the steering wheel on the yeah. RSR 19. It looks, it looks like it's lifted off the old 919 prototype. Exactly. I mean, it's really cool for us. You know, we've got a lot to learn and memorise. But uh, this weekend, coming back to the GT3R, it's a lot more simple. We've got less buttons to play with. But uh, in saying that, you know, this car's got TC, traction control, ABS. So uh, whereas the other car, you know, you don't have ABS. So now we can come back and really stand on that brake pedal. Yeah, don't forget about your brake bias not being on your little yeah. finger paddles, yeah. though. Otherwise, you're in big trouble. Hey, last one. In the context of your career, how big was this race 12 months ago? How much did that mean to where you are now? I think in my, my career, obviously, I'd won Le Mans the year before. And that was really exciting for me, but I think, 
you know, on the global GT sort of, you know, racing around the world, this sort of was the biggest in, in my career. Um, but it was the manner in which you did it, Matty, if mm. I might say so, because yeah. winning a race is one thing, but the way you guys did it, the whole team did it, and then you finished it off as the closer, that was the thing for me that really, I think, caught everybody's imagination outside of the sport, if you will. Yeah, for me too, and that's what makes it so special. I mean, you know, it was also the last race of that generation of GD3R, so perfect way to send it off, and also the way we were able to achieve it in the last stint. You know, it's my favourite racetrack and, you know, it's one of the ones that we'd been close to myself previously in the years before, even in an car, and now to finally get it and, and the way we were able to do it was uh, something that I'll never forget and really put me on the map, I think. Hypothetical, last lap of the race, car one, Bam Thor and Craig Lowndes, this is the car in front, last lap, you're looking down the inside at the elbow to do what you did to the Aston last year, do you send again? Uh, I think that's a little bit more of a difficult situation <laughs> with Porsche in front. Well, Jake's already said he's never leaving room yeah, down the inside yeah. at, at, the, at the elbow ever again for anything. He'll be scraping his wing mirror down the wall. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, obviously it was really special how we finished the race last year, but in saying that, you know, you look at the, the field this year, the level of competition, the teams that are involved, you know, it's taken another step again. There's less GD4 cars, uh, so, you know, the big emphasis on GD3 machinery this year, and I think it'll be just as tough, if not tougher. So uh, looking forward to the fight, and you know, we'll see where we stand with an hour to go on Sunday. PP and Jam Jam in the car with yeah. you, which I can't believe I've just actually said yeah, that. Terrible. So, uh, how have you been? I mean, you know these guys. You've raced with them before. Yeah, uh, especially Mathieu. You know, we did a lot together last year. We raced at the Nürburgring 24-hour last year, and, and we really got along well. I mean, we have the same feedback. We want the same things in the car. He has the experience here last year. He got on the pace really quickly. So, I have no doubt we'll be fine in the car. And you know, Patrick, I mean, he's a world-class GT driver. He's been with Porsche for so long, so I have absolutely no doubt that his first time here, he'll be straight on to money by practice too and uh, be comfortable in the car, which is really important here for the 12 hours. Go well, be safe. Thanks for talking to us, Martin. Have a good one. We'll just nip to the very end of the pit lane now. I'm just going to shake Patrick Pele's hand. Hello, PP, how are you? Good. It's quite hot in there. It's quite hot in there. <laughs> you think so? Have you recovered yet from the Rolex? Oh, good. Yeah, perfect. Sleep like a baby the last two all, days. All the way on, all the way <laughs> on the plane. Hello, how are you? Good, and you? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing all right, Jam Jam. You're tired, you see? You do look a little bit tired. So what are you going to be doing the next couple of days to get yourself up to speed here? Just try to sleep. That's it. <laughs> Drink some Coke and, and sleep a bit and we'll be fine for the race. Wish you all the best. Uh, you've got a really good chance, as have all the Porsches. Let's just push on towards the end of the pit lane. David Calvert-Jones has got... Roman Demand Jackson Evans with him in the uh, number 12 car. And then the final of four. Is that four or five? One, two, three, four. It's five Porsches of Porsche Plaf. Fünf Porsche is the number one. Now, Earl Bamba Motorsports won this race last year, but of course, Earl was doing TM. He was team manager rather than what, what his brother Will normally does. They're defending champions. They carry the coveted number one, which is a nice which I think is a really nice uh, nice thing to do. Uh, he's with Lawrence Vadzor, he's his normal co-driver, and they've drafted in someone who's got a bit of experience. What was there. his name again? Lounds. I never heard of him. Yeah. <laughs> no. It's bigger, isn't it? What, what a combo. Maguire's jumping on board to back it. Um, Two-car team for Alabama Motorsport. The car 12 next door with David Calvert-Jones, um, Jackson Evans, Porsche Jr., and Romain Dumas. Just, I get... 
goosebumps when I hear that he's coming back to this place because he has literally won it all in long distance racing except here at Mount Panorama. So the only, on. the only one who's missing now then is Timor. Mm. We need Timor Bernard. We buddy. do, don't we? Yeah, that'd be. And amazing. he's got his own team now, you know. And I was talking to him about this a little while ago, and he was talking about doing a joint venture with Earl Bamba Motorsport to go and do spa with a couple of cars. Yeah. Well, why don't they do it here as well, I oh, said. And he's, and he's like, I could see, you know, team was very thoughtful, isn't he? So it just sort of looked up and to the left a little bit and thought, ah, oh, that's there's something going on there. So the Porsche thing for mine is really interesting because last year was the first time we've seen them really attack the race with a, a two-car full pro team. And they had both cars, 911 and 912, as they were last year in the mix all day. One of them had some mechanical dramas, we know what happened after that. Now there's five of them, and four in, or three in the pro class, all with an absolute shot. And the two pro am cars we touched on with absolute superstar talent outside their am drivers. So, yeah, th- this is just a continued growth for Porsche to keep building and building and building at this race. Awesome combination. I'm so excited to see Bamthor back together on the mountain. They're on the podium here for Craft Bamboo a couple of years ago, which was fantastic. And with Craig Lowndes in, that local experience is huge. Seal's never driven this car. He's never driven a Porsche GT3 car. His first lap will be in practice, I assume practice one, on Friday morning. But won't be a problem. But it's in a weird scenario where Craig Lowndes is the third driver in a car at Mount Panorama. But He's the plug-and-play third driver. Yeah, yeah, you put him in for the lunchtime stint. Old man lounge away he goes, and you'll put Vanthor or Bamber in for the for the winning stint at the end. Now, here's the thing, though. In the US Series, one of the things that helped deliver Earl and Lawrence's championship last year was they divided the workload mm. absolutely in it, to the point where Lawrence did all of the qualifying, yep. and therefore in the short races... He started on the slightly used tyres, did one stint, and handed over to Earl, who did two stints. That means he set the car up for qualifying, and then Earl, when he was in the car, was setting it up for the long runs. Mm. Now, all right, it's different here because it's longer, but even at the 24 hours, the Rolex 24, they did the same thing. Earl qualifies the car, and... uh, Sorry, Lawrence Lawrence qualifies the car, Mm. and Earl sets the car up for the long run. Now, with Lousy in the car, do you still have Lawrence Vanso (coughs) qualify the car? Yeah, I think you do. 100%, 100%, I think you do. And go back to 2015, incredible motor race, Van Thor in the last year of the Gen 1 R8, mm-hmm. and the thing was almost BOP'd out of equation because it had no straight line speed. And his qualifying lap in that qualifying session was the best I've seen at this place for a long time because he had the thing absolutely completely. There was no more bump left on the right-hand side of McPhillamy, two wheels out on the dirt. Rarely see a GT3 car driven harder at this place than what Lawrence Van Thor has done. So, yeah, of course he qualifies, in my mind. And Craig Lowndes will be more than happy to go, yeah, this is your your game. I'll just, you know what? I'll I'm, just I'm bring gonna, my Bathurst experience and away we go. I'm going to have a little wager with everybody listening to this. Watch Lowndes' times. I reckon people are going to look at them. You know, one of the great things about this event, much the same as we had Carl Bush <laughs> at uh, Daytona, putting yourself, and there's plenty of people up and down this pit lane who have experience of, of Bathurst, but aren't full-time GT3 drivers. And as every driver will tell you, ringing the last couple of percent out of any race car is that's where the guys who do it more often have a better chance of doing it. And I still think it's brave for all these guys, with all the big Bathurst reputations, to put that reputation on the line and, and potentially be beaten by someone that the supercar audience has never heard of. Well, I think to describe it, that in, in qualifying when you're trying to extract the last tenth, so let's say Lawrence does a 
2-0, Craig would do a 2-3. And that's probably the difference is those last couple of tenths. But in a race, Craig, Lawrence will do six fives all day, but Craig will do the same. Yeah. So, And that's where this team is at its absolute strongest, I think. And it's one of several in that in that grouping in this amazing field. So, You'll yeah. notice, by the way, mm. the question I haven't asked is who you think is going to win. You and, cannot and I, possibly ask me that. And, and do you know what? I'm not even going to try and do it because we were talking earlier on as we were walking down to the pit lane about the fact that going into the last lap, it's been proved. We, mm. do, we don't really know who's going to win. All kinds of records set last year. We've just come off the Rolex with green flag and distance records as well. All right, weather might not play ball here at the weekend, but what that does do, that shuffles the pack. Mm. That makes life completely different. And we saw last year, for all we were talking about uh, Matty Campbell's great drive, the way the guys strategised the end of the race and had tyres left as well was as big a point. The guys in the pit and on the pit wall, right, I know they're not on the, always on the pit wall here, but you know what I mean? The guys making the strategic decisions here have got just as big a part to play as the nut behind the wheel. But and the one thing I'll emphasise about this place in particular, and we always bang on about how unique it is, but in, it's unique in GT3 racing because this place works for BOP better, I think, than any other racetrack because of the nature of the racetrack. It's got long straights. It's got slow stop-and-go corners where power down's important, where aero isn't quite so important. It's got aero sections. It's got big stops. It's got fast stuff. It's got something for everything. So doesn't matter what your car's BOP'd to. It will play to its strength somewhere, somewhere. in the lap, which is why every single year for the last six years, we've had at least five different brands in the top seven positions in the race. But what do you always say here? Track position is king. Well, if you can play to your car's strength and get ahead and use the bits of the track to your advantage where you have an advantage mm. and then make it as wide as you can mm. or, or eke out that two, three, four tenths when your opponent's car's got the advantage, yeah. that's the name of the game here, Crazy. Yeah, it has. Last year's race was strange in that respect, though, that it was a track position race, whereas before... Because perhaps the field wasn't quite that deep, you could afford to give away a bit of track position in the knowledge that you didn't have to pass so many cars to get it back. But it was only until 11 hours and 10 minutes last year that it stopped being a track position race when Alabama Motorsport team were standing outside of took the gamble to throw tyres on their car when everyone else stopped and just put fuel on. And Jake Dennis said it before, that was the difference. And it, this isn't a massive tyre wear circuit, but it was a second a lap that the Porsche had up its sleeve. And I guarantee you, if we have the same scenario on Sunday, we get a final pit stop with an hour to go, so fuel's not a problem. Everyone puts tyres on their cars. You have to. You're going to have to. And that's what the learning will be from last year's race, which I love. That's, that's cool. But one person won't. That, I guarantee you, the way this rolls out. Well, somebody who's 11th yeah, and exactly says, right. no, no, so, no, I'm going to take the track position. So they'll get that track position. And at this place, you never, never know. So that's part of the joy for me of this race. I say it every year, and I get accused of being a bit of a broken record about it sometimes, but I'll cop that because um, it just gets better and better. It's difficult to win here. Porsche did it for the first time last year. It's even more difficult to defend, isn't it? We've not seen multiple winners very often here. Well, 2011-12. It's the only that's time it's it. happened in the GT era, and Audi did it. And with the fullest of respect to those accomplishments, the field wasn't anywhere near as good as it is today. So the job is even more difficult now. If Porsche can engineer a back-to-back win, that is an, an enormous accomplishment. But there are 10 other brands that have a realistic chance of doing it. It's Richard Creel. I'm John Hindhoff, and you can stay up to date with all of the action from the 2020 Liquid Molly 
Bathurst 12 hours across the Radio Show Limited network of channels in sound and vision over the weekend. Join us and find out who really does get it right on Sunday afternoon. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.